0: Hey, this is Sam we're.
1: Hey, this is Will Wheaton. I'm Armin Shimmerman. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol Baskin. Hi, this is Aaron McCarty. Hi, this is Mark Pellegrino. And welcome to the FSF Podcast,
2: your home for the all nerdy, no dirty interviews with people in our sci-fi and pop culture world. You can find us on your favorite audio podcast providers, Real Wise Radio, and of course, our YouTube channel.
0: Hello. Hi, this is Sean from Extra Star Wars. Oh, and you're listening to the Scarf Scuttlebutt.
3: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link/red5.
1: is up scuttlebutt nation so yes we got another edition of quick cuts here on the scare scuttlebutt podcast yours truly Ro. and uh i am accompanied tonight by tina the meme queen herself what's up girl
2: hey
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh for those of you who are not familiar with quick cuts it's uh basically uh three topics three friends and the first friend is tina how are you
2: i am doing fabulous how are you doing roe
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. And, uh, can't wait to get into this. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what's a good title for this, uh, this particular segment, I was going to title it, uh, touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we got some stuff to talk about, right?
2: We do. We do. I think honestly, we're basically going to get into, I think how bias plays a big part into how things get viewed by people
1: yeah that's uh that's a good one and i you know it's funny because i was uh thinking of that myself um especially because of um some stuff that has happened to me online uh over the last couple of weeks regarding Mm -hmm. my opinions on uh mandalorian and bad batch and uh kind of coming out of andor Mm -hmm. but some other stuff that um that kind of happened to me. Uh, that's uh, a little, a little strange, but uh, we'll we'll get into that uh, in a second. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, bias, and uh, let's explain to folks a little bit about what what you mean um, bias in the way that we perceive the stuff that we love, right?
2: Right. And, and I think it can be affected by so many different things, not only your own feelings about it, but you can allow other people to affect your feelings about it as well.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it's funny, you know, as, as much as, um, as much as I always kind of proclaim to, you know, make sure that you, uh, have your own opinion And um, make sure that uh, you are not afraid to voice said opinion. Uh, Sometimes you're right. Sometimes we kind of start uh, scrolling through social media and we kind of get, I don't want to say infected, but, you know, we kind of do sometimes get influenced by other people's um, posts, opinions, uh, dialogue back and forth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not innocent of of that per se but um yeah it's it's uh it's kind of a a a weird thing
2: yeah and it can be you could be the only one in a group of people that loves love the thing and everybody else doesn't like it or you could be the only one in a group who doesn't like the thing you know so you could like it and be the lone wolf so to speak um so, yeah, I think I think that can affect, too, because then sometimes maybe you might not want to talk about your opinions as much because you feel like if you're if you like it, then you're going to get told why you don't like it. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't like it, then you're going to get told why you should like it or if you're being overly negative. And I I get that when people love something so much, they don't want to necessarily hear maybe what somebody else has to say that it about it. That may not be as positive, I guess. But Um, I think there's a way to do it. It's not, it's, I call it don't crap all over everything. And you and I know that there's a difference between being critical of something and crapping all over it. Sure. I mean, there's just a big difference. It it really is. But I tell you, I, I noticed that I kind of separated a lot of myself from some discussions once Ant-Man came out. Because I was going to watch it no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I already know the group of people how they feel about marvel movies and i just didn't want to hear it right i really just don't want to hear it because it's not at this point to me a a critical opinion it's just and when you hear this is garbage this is garbage this is gar i'm sorry something has to be really bad to be garbage right Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's somebody's favorite movie who's probably with that's probably considered garbage to someone else. Sure. Yeah. Like, I I think that's kind of and I've been guilty of that myself. So but I yeah. did kind of back away from it. But it really came to mind when I sat in the theater, watched John Wick Saturday, number four. Right. Loved mm-hmm. it, by the way. Fabulous. Mo- uh, to me, fabulous movie. Shot well. Great fight choreography. But let's not pretend that it's Shakespeare. The star, yeah, that it's the star that, you know, <laughs> some people you see online saying, but even I sung its praises. I loved it. Sure. But I'm not going to sit here and crap all over something else and complain about things that you can clearly take John Wick and do the same thing if you really want to do it.
1: Right. Let's uh let's back up a little bit because you talk about people criticizing the um, uh, Marvel movies, yep. and we uh, you know we we get a lot of uh, lately we've seen a lot of people say that they are you know it's we have come to a point where a lot of these movies have been repetitive or you get the whole Marvel um, fatigue you know we heard that with Star Wars too <clears throat> um, we we get Star Wars fatigue mm-hmm. um, but that's um, I think I think that's kind of a fallacy. I, I think um, as long as we're getting good content, um, there is no fatigue. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the episode that I just dropped tonight, uh, yes, uh, yeah, today, um, we talked about uh, Han Solo and Star Wars fatigue. And one of the reasons that people were saying that Solo kind of failed was because of Star Wars fatigue. And I kind of countered back and said, well, you know, nowadays we're getting two Star Wars products and nobody, nobody's talking about Star Wars fatigue. So it's kind of um, it's kind of an ah. interesting dilemma mm-hmm. when it comes to that um, argument. Um, yeah, I don't I don't agree with the whole Star Wars fatigue or Marvel fatigue. I know there's another um, there's another group that uh, loves to throw around the whole MCU thing, and that's another mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, you know I don't think there's fatigue per se. I think you know when people start to see maybe movies that are maybe uh, not um, of the quality that they're used to, perhaps, then maybe, maybe that's kind of a, a thing. But again, you know, your garbage is my masterpiece and so forth. So, right. it's, um, yeah, you know, pooing on uh, on other people's uh, stuff is, is not cool. It's
2: not just, cool, man.
1: To say the <laughs> least. But it's interesting because um, – you know, when you have certain accounts that, uh, that you dialogue with back and forth yeah. and we, you know, we all have, uh, our, our certain, uh, you know, other accounts that we kind of, uh, discuss, obviously that's why we're on social media, but right. there is, um, there's a point when, um, the discussions kind of get lost in, in, in mud, um, and sometimes, you know, you start to critique something, you know, in, in a way that is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's civil, it's creative, but, you know, one or the other or both accounts start to get a little cloudy with the either name calling or just, I don't know, some bullshit that really doesn't make any difference no. in, in the discourse that you're having about a no. certain product or movie. Then at that point, your your argument goes out the window and then it just gets annoying.
2: It does. And, you know, personally for me, people can crap all over a Marvel movie all they want to. I go see Marvel movies with my 16 year old son. There yeah. is nothing you can say about a Marvel movie that's going to influence the the fun I have sitting there with my child. Absolutely. So you can just go eat shit. <laughs> so i don't you can edit that out if you want to no no
1: it's staying in <laughs> remember i posted i said i can't wait to talk with tina it might get a little spicy
2: yeah, i know i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> um I'm trying but that's how i feel like and i don't go to see any of those movies thinking i'm gonna get top tier cinema it's a superhero movie full of cgi right nobody can fly nobody can shrink Nobody can really make themselves, you know, as big as a 10-story tall building. It's make-believe. Yeah. What, when does make-believe have to be real, <laughs> I guess? Like, you, you do have your criticisms towards the Mandalorian. You do have your criticisms towards other things. You also see things through a different eye than, like, I do. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a different, more technical view, too like when you're looking at special effects and things like that, you right. spot a lot more things than I'm ever going to. Yeah. Now, even I can say the episode uh, before this one, mm-hmm. I thought the CGI was a little off compared to what we got with the dog fight in the prior, right? You could tell, I right. could tell the difference sure. in quality. Mm-hmm. And I thought this episode was a, was a little better than last one with with that. So even I could spot that. So if I can spot that, I can only imagine what you spot.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know, being a behind the scenes person and knowing um the magic that goes behind it, you know, I Yeah. I get to I get to watch it several different ways, you know, first to absorb it, second to kind of pick apart um the technical aspect and and third kind of to dig into the story and all that stuff in the lore. Um but yes, I am um I'm very critical about the technical aspect of 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 my version of Star Wars because uh, you know I I mean I've seen that that Star Wars can be good and I you yeah. know I've said it I've said it before I said after Andor going back to regular Star Wars is going to be difficult for me because mm-hmm. it looks like you know sometimes it looks like 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 it's shot in a closet yeah. sometimes it's, you know the effects are not great mm-hmm. and it's like dude I just you know we just finished Andor and it was fucking flawless. So why can't you do, why can't you do that? But that's, uh, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because for me, you know, you go around and you, you, uh, you see that, um, uh, you know, sometimes people make excuses for, for bad star Wars or less than perfect star Wars. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, And to me, it's interesting because, uh, again, you know, we 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 see that's that there are Star Wars movies or series that are just fantastic. And then there's other ones that are not so much. Um, No, I for one, I personally do not want to see Star Wars with a different lens, uh, you know, as far as quality. I want it all to be top tier. And when it's and when it's not, I get like I get pissed off. I get offended. I get, you know.
2: And this is where I'm going to say I have probably bias, right? Because mm-hmm. I love The Mandalorian. I yeah. really do. And then when I say I love it, I don't mean that you hate it. I'm just saying I love it. And I love little Grogu to death. Yeah. And I know.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and,
2: I know. <laughs> and so I have fun with you with that. But so that's my bias.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, but you don't love little Grogu like I do. And that's okay.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I I I like him. I do. I do. (laughs) I do. I mean, I, I, he's looking at me right now. I've got him sitting next to my mixer here, but. Is he, um, is he looking at you like, are you,
2: why are you judging me? Why are you judging me, Uh (laughs) bro? And of course, as a woman and mom, I find everything he does like adorable. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a total sucker. I'm, I'm total for the puppy dog eyes he gives. I'm a total sucker for it. Is he a? Mer- is he completely uh, created probably for merchandising? Absolutely. I think Shanti said that, and she agreed. It's true. And I'm falling right on in. Yeah. I'm playing right on into it. I have. Sure. Cra- I. But then again, George Lucas was smart about his merchandising too. He understood. Absolutely. I mean, how much merchandise do you have? In the ships and the right?
1: Exactly. He, so I can yeah. Build, I can build my own Star Wars museum here in Chicago.
2: Right? So I, I think they played it well with from a marketing standpoint in creating Grogu.
1: Yeah. And let's I'm face really... it,
2: if if Din didn't have something else to interact with, he wouldn't be as interesting.
1: Yeah, that's um that's kind of sad because it's it's you know it's it's really up to the writers to uh, to make that magic happen and if they're if they're relying on a, you know a, a eighteen inch puppet um, <laughs> then you know <laughs> well, something, that- something's up.
2: Well, I, you know, I guess it just depends on what where they wanted to go with it. I, yeah. You know, and once again, I am no expert on any of this when it comes to this. <laughs> I know nothing. I'm a Jon Snow. I know nothing Jon Snow when it comes to any of this stuff. I mean, you know, you listen to Filoni and Fibro in their interviews and they they seem to have a real love of what they're doing. Sure. That's what I get. And so I have to think somewhere, you know, they're they they're trying to make these decisions. Favreau made a a comment um, in an interview and he said, you know, the thing about it is trying to balance your young fans and your older fans. He's like, it's really hard to do that. To try to balance the expectations you got, you got to appeal to the younger crowd, your middle in between and your, your, you know, your, your older crowd that's loved Star Wars since it came out.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting because I, I, I might want to say that I disagree with that concept a, a little bit because, um, I wouldn't want like if I were in charge, I would not want to dumb down Star Wars. I think one of the things that uh, Star Wars Resistance did was exactly I never that. that. Yeah, it's well, what? you know, you were little
2: little kids. That was, was for
1: that? very little kids, and I, okay. I, I, a lot of people didn't watch it. And you know, it lasted two seasons. Um, it started to get interesting. Uh, I watched it with my son, but it's um it was one of those shows that was really, really dumbed down for for little kids. And uh, again, like I said, you know, I, I know that uh, there are different Star Wars projects that um, that uh, are geared for certain age groups. But um, to me, I think. I don't know. I I may be wrong, but I I really and not and not that I want every Star Wars project to be dark and dreary and and, mm-hmm. and or serious. Mm-hmm. But I you know I, the, one of the reasons I loved Andor was that that they took the the I guess they took the source material seriously. They there were, they really were yeah there were, yeah, really there were no jokes it. no no MCU type of uh nudge nudge wink wink kind of humor that is uh kind of prevalent not only in the marvel stuff but you know there's a little bit of that in in this uh in some of the star wars shows now, um you
2: know when i watch mando and maybe i i don't know i i feel mando gives me original trilogy vibes sometimes
1: um and but maybe you know,
2: but maybe that's the lens which through which i view the original trilogy because let's face be. it it's a Trilogy's got its things,
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's got its, it's got its yeah. misses, and it's, it's got its hits, and its misses, and its humor, and its weirdness. It's got it. It's and sometimes I wonder, do we view that? Do we view it through rose-colored glasses?
1: I think we absolutely do. And I ta- talking about bias. I think um, one of the reasons that I hold Star Wars to such high regard is because you know, I, I mean, I was seven years old when I watched the original in the theater. Right. And and then you know growing up, I mean these movies. Nothing
2: will ever take right. that experience exactly. away from
1: you. Exactly, it's like your your first kiss, your your prom dance. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that will be embedded in your DNA forever. And for me, it 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 is. Um, there is a certain uh, mystique about the magic that it made you feel, and you will never get it. You'll never get it again. I mean, no. you know, mm-hmm. we've been watching. You know, we've been watching all these TV shows come out after, you know, after the um, the sequel trilogy, uh, you know, Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett and Mando. And, and um, you know, the magic is not um, quite as uh, attainable as no. as one might think. And I, you know, I, I don't doubt getting back to your comment about John Favreau, um, or Favreau, who would you say, uh, Favreau or Filoni? It was oh, Favreau.
2: Favreau did the interview that yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. But you know,
1: I, I, have no doubt that they love the, 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 the franchise. I have no doubt that they are, mm-hmm. um, as much fans as anyone else, um, uh, that we know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But their roles are different too. I mean, they are executives in a large company that is designed to crank out product to make sure that things sell. And how much creative
2: license do they really get at the end of the day when you think about it? Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You know, a while back we did an episode, we talked about, you know, movies. Are they art or are they product? And, you know, you can infuse a little bit of art in product, but I think for the most part, um, Movies, uh, especially to this degree, are more product than art. Mm-hmm.
2: They're made to make money. If they don't make money, they're not they a success. No, right. they don't get made. Yeah. And they're definitely not going to get a sequel or any kind of any kind of follow up. And uh, like I said, Favre made another comment about what he learned from Marvel. And he said he learned how intelligent his audience actually really is. Yeah. About how much they pay attention. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Do every little thing.
1: Exactly. And we do. And yeah, we, do. we absolutely do. Frame by frame. You,
2: yep. Yep, we do. And I mean, I can watch, when I watch Mandalorian, it gives me, it, it gets me closer to the feeling I had when I watched the OT as a kid. Yeah. I can't say, once again, does it get me back to that? Like you said, it. no, you'll never get back there. That that was that time, that age, that everything. Yeah. But it gets me closer to it, and I can see why Book of Boba Fett did that to some people as well. Now I can appreciate it more now than I did then. Certain parts of it can make you feel that childlike joy.
1: Man, I'm gonna have to rewatch that and take notes because you know I can
2: see it a little bit now. You know what? Col- you know what colored me against that show, and I did it to myself. What? When I saw him in Mando being such a badass.
1: Oh yeah. That's the, that's the Boba Fett we wanted.
2: And that's what I wanted. And, but that's right. not what I got. And so I'm like, eh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. eh you know,
1: what's what's with this touchy feely shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Are we supposed to feel this sensitive? I don't know. Like, you know, do I need to sit down on the couch and have a therapy session? I'm feeling like, I need. Mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? Get, so get yeah, Tina, it confused get,
1: me. <laughs> get Tina back in the back to tank.
2: Yeah. Right. It just, it kind of confused me a bit. I, it's yeah. like, they didn't know what to do with it. Like they, they didn't know what they were going for with him.
1: They disnified Boba Fett.
3: Uh, they probably did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They
2: Disney-fied him. Yeah, no, it, it really, yeah. But there are people that really loved it because they were happy to see him back. And I'll be happy to see him back too. Again, sure. yeah. may, I don't know if in their own show, unless they maybe do that a little differently, but, or teamed up with Mando. I have a feeling he'll be
1: back yeah. in the Mando show. I have a feeling he'll be back too
2: yeah but i mean you know so once again bias so when i watch a john wick movie and i see him get hit by a car five times at least jump out of a window and (laughs) land on a van shoot a gun and never hardly have to read i mean i know he didn't shot more than that mag you ain't gonna tell me i know and um yeah like and not die yet (laughs) and at that time uh and then you're gonna tell me that that this movie's like that Ant Man should never have been able to defeat Kang in a battle and blah blah blah. And I'm like, <laughs> we we can't have this argument, guys. We just yeah.
1: can't.
2: We just can't have it.
1: <laughs> That's not real.
2: It's not real. It's not <laughs> real people. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah. That's what I come back to every time.
1: Yeah, but you're absolutely right about bias. I think, you know, we each have our preconceived notions of certain things, especially in entertainment. We expect something specific Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: you know, sometimes we get it. Uh, A lot of times we don't. Um, And, uh, you know, now that everybody has cameras and microphones in front of their faces to uh, dispel their own opinions about stuff they like and don't like, we hear a lot of it on uh, social media. So it is what it is.
2: I mean, did we have these kind of e- expectations when we were younger and went to the movies? Um, I
1: don't think so. Did I don't. We? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I you know, you certainly go into a uh, Burger King and expect a burger when you walk yeah. in. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I I think as kids we just expect it to be cool and fun, and then I expect uh, it to we be get, entertained. Yeah, we get to talk about it at recess uh, mm-hmm. the next day at school with your buddies. Mm-hmm. That's what it should be like.
2: And I think that's what I get with my kid again. Oh, so yeah. like, you know, when he sat there and he saw Kane come out and he saw Jonathan Majors, uh, and he's like, wow, mom, he's really good. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good isn't he?" And you know, you just get that, that's that viewpoint. And then when we watched John Wick and you know, all the kicking ass and taking names that went on for three hours, it's glorious. I mean, <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I'm a fan of action movies and east you know, East of my son, he's sitting there going, Oh my God. Oh, Ooh. Oh. Maybe he? Do you think he should be dead yet? And I'm like, I, I mean, it's a movie. He's 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 like, oh my god, it's so keep cool it though. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah, keep it going. And we were just nonstop with it. And so, I think I get another. Uh, I think he breeds helps breathe new life into my cinema experience.
1: Yeah. Well, this is that's you know that's cool. Yeah. I don't my, know. my wife would be like, you know what? Uh, those bri- ribs should be broken by now, and he sh- he he <laughs> should be in a lot of pain.
2: <laughs> there, if she'd seen him jump out that window and land on that van, that's what she'd have thought too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'd be like, too "There's funny. no way he's walking."
1: <laughs> There's no. I hope he's got a good health insurance.
2: <laughs> Your wife sounds like a trip.
1: <laughs> oh, she's a trip, already.
2: Right. Uh, she does. I can imagine this. I, I, I'd love to talk to her. I think it'd be great.
1: <laughs> too funny. <laughs> Tina, thank you so much for this uh, lovely conversation. Um, I'm definitely going to title this one "Go Out and Touch Grass."
2: Yes, I think. Yes, <laughs> I agree. That, yes, I love that. Touch grass. Oh my Rolling God. it like a child yes. again.
1: Yep. Just Talk make sure you. there's
2: no dog do anywhere. Yeah. Check for dog there duty you before you do that, people. That's a that's your that's your uh, warning for me.
1: <laughs> Too funny, Tina. Where can people find you to say hello there?
2: Um, You can find me on Twitter at the (laughs) meme queen 27 and that's it. That's it. That's all you're going to find me.
1: Keep on tweeting them memes. Uh, Grogu memes are, are hilarious. They
2: are. He really makes, they make, you know, he's good for memes.
1: Um, I, I, I forgot to tag you, but somebody posted, it's a shot of Grogu looking out a rainy window. Mm -hmm. And the meme says, I often wonder whatever happened to the people that I gave directions to <laughs>
4: <laughs> what a little oh, shit he's
2: such a little shit that's how I <laughs> refer to him all the time he's a little shit and I love it
4: oh too
1: funny all right Tina thank you so much for this discussion thank you Ro. we're gonna keep going here on the scare of scuttlebutt podcast quick cuts let's see who's next Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh yeah. Of course you can take advantage of our merchandise store at Tee Public, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend, it keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at 5 bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif, and that's the Scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. All right, Scuttlebutt Nation. This is Ro. We are back with uh, segment two of Quick Cuts today. We are recording April fifth, two thousand twenty-three. I got a new friend, uh, someone that we've interacted with uh, before on Twitter, but uh, first time, uh, first time recording with uh, with him. And I want to introduce Michael from another. You know we have we have an, a certain point of view podcast in the Red Five Network, and then we've yeah. got like two other ones that I'm like, wait a minute, who's who? How you doing tonight, Mike?
4: <laughs> I am good. Yeah, that that was something that I noticed as soon as I started the podcast, <laughs> um, but. Th- Right now, we're just the Twitter account essentially because we're we're not really recording podcasts currently. But I am very active on Twitter and in the fandom, so it's been great to get to know you on there, and and I'm excited to get into this episode, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we start, I wanted to. So today is Thursday, and uh, we just. Um, uh, Disney just dropped uh, another episode of Mandalorian. I wanted to get your thoughts quickly on that before we start on our uh, very fun topic. But uh, what'd you think of Mando today?
4: Okay, dude, I. I actually really enjoyed it. It was not my favorite episode. I know this one seems to be quite polarizing.
1: Oh my Um, God.
4: Result. I mean, like on Twitter, people are literally in every category you could be in on this episode. (laughs) It's crazy. I don't know if I remember. I've seen episodes of things where people loved it or hated it. It's everywhere on the spectrum on this episode, but I tend to fall more in the positive side, but I definitely think the writing was a little uh, iffy on this one. I think that the, Uh, Some of the dialogue was pretty rough, especially for Lizzo. Um, She had some pretty rough lines that she had to deliver. Poor girl. But um, uh, and I will say, too, I think the cameos kind of took me out of it. The I I love Jack Black um, and particularly Christopher Lloyd. I actually think he was great. But the amount of cameos that we got within a short period of time, it was just like, okay, too much. it was too much for me, um, even though I, I really like all of them, uh, as people and as, as, uh, as artists and what they're doing, but I, uh, but yeah, so I, I have some criticisms like that and I, and I, you know, I, I kind of feel like the, uh, I don't know that the story with Bo. I, I like what I like where it ended up with her getting the saber back. I do wonder if it was a little anticlimactic at the end there, sure. um, getting it back on a technicality a little bit. But yes. I, but I also kind of, I also kind of think Din doesn't want that thing. Um, like he's never wanted leadership he's never wanted that he's never he's he's been trying to get rid of this thing since he got it so it it doesn't bother me that he's still handed it to her it just kind of felt like we've been building to that and then it's just done (laughs) so um but i really did enjoy the detective like noir feel of it It kind of reminded me of obi-wan in attack of the clones Mm -hmm. like some of my favorite stuff in that movie is him just like sleuthing, you know, and it kind of reminded me of that a bit. Um, I love Din and Bo-Katan's interactions together. I think they, I think their chemistry is great. And seeing them go on these adventures together, all of them, kind of, with Grogu, kind of a seems to be a clan of three forming. I, I I like it. I'm I'm in for it. Um, and I love all the droid stuff. I I so m- my feelings are mostly positive. Had some criticisms, but um, I I did enjoy it. I I don't I don't know what there is i i don't hate anything about this episode
1: that's sure sure. yeah yeah so uh i want to go back and talk a little bit about uh you mentioned cameos and i you know i um cameos for me are, are very iffy and you are absolutely right i think some cameos for me do take me completely out of the show um when um in book of boba fett when the rancor appeared and what's his name was the uh was the (laughs) rancor keeper (laughs) i'm like oh that's cool it's machete machete but (laughs) it kind of took me out and uh we know we 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 always talk about cameos in in star wars um i feel that for me specifically i love the fact that you know back in 1977 the only really no well-known actors in star wars were peter cushing and uh sir alec guinness yes um for the most part and a lot of times when you see some old movie theater marquees you've got their names up there because obviously they are the the better known actors um but um i feel that uh i love when star wars has actors that are kind of uh you know unknown because it kind of it lends And obviously I'm talking about uh, my personal opinions on this. Sure. For for me, the unknown actor lends to the believability and the suspension of disbelief that you are watching this tale that somehow was smuggled out of a galaxy far, far away. Um, It would be so different if I sat down in a theater and watched a movie and all of a sudden Tom Cruise is a Jedi. It's like, uh, okay, I'm okay. I'm watching a movie. And, you know, I I know I'm watching a movie, but I think for me, it just kind of dispels that mystery a little bit. Um, Right. uh, But that's, you know, that that's neither here nor there. It's it's interesting, though, because as much as I if I had to choose between no cameos and and have a cameo, I, I, you know, obviously based on what I just said, I would just choose, you know, really good actors that kind of can carry the role, whatever that role is, whether it's a major role or a small role, but I got to tell you um, for some reason. And, and for me, Jack black just plays always just plays Jack black, no matter what movie he's in, he's just Jack black. He does. Um, In this instant, I feel that it kind of fit. Um, it did. <laughs> and I was uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised and I was enjoying uh Jack Black and Lizzo. And I think I think um I'm going to have to go back and check the lines because I I I think Lizzo's situation was more or less the lack of experience in acting.
0: Yes, more, I agree with more, that.
1: More more so than the actual lines. You could um, be right. You could be right about that. But um yeah, I mean, you know, it it did seem somebody I uh, read someone, um, someone's post that said it seemed like they just walked into a Saturday Night Live skit, and <laughs> and I can kind of see that, but yeah, a little I, bit. I think for the most part, I I kind of enjoyed it.
4: Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of with you on cameos overall. I don't mind the occasional, you know, I, we've had some that make me really happy, um, for sure. But I I think whenever, especially when you're cramming, you crammed three into like ten minutes here, like. Or, or less. And, and it just, it, I think I agree with you. It kind of takes you out, especially when it's someone like everyone knows who Jack black is, right? Like everyone knows you think school of rock, you think Nacho Libre, like, like yeah. we all know Jack black and he's just doing Jack black. Um, I think Christopher Lloyd as an actor fits in star Wars really well. Like, I think he just kind of belongs there. Um, so I kind of like his. I, I kind of I I think if I were to if I were to choose one to keep and and none of the others, I think I probably would have chose him. Um, but I kind of like the the way that the movies tend to do with cameos, where people like wh- who just loves star Wars and want to be in it. Okay. Come be a stormtrooper, Daniel Craig, uh, sure. or, you yeah. know, come, you know, like, uh, or, or the, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The guy from the mission impossible movies, the, the British guy. Um, oh, oh yeah. Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg as, as Unkar plot, you know, like, you know, stuff like that. I would never, have, I never would have known that that was, that that was them. Joseph Gordon Levitt played an alien in the last Jedi. I'd Never would have known, you know, yeah. I like that kind of thing. Um, or, I do probably just in general prefer
1: just good actors.
4: Um, and so I'm, I'm mostly with you, although I do, I do enjoy a good cameo now and then,
1: but yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, you mentioned um, how you enjoyed Obi-Wan Kenobi's sleuthing in attack of the clones. You and I have to get together and do a show on attack of the clones because I okay. see a lot of, I see a lot of hate um, against attack of the clones and I don't think it, it deserves it. Oh
4: man. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, I, I actually, the more that I watch that movie, the more I do find to enjoy it. It is, I'll be honest, it's near the bottom of my ranking. If I rank the movies, it's near the bottom. Just because I do find it hard to get through. Uh, Attack of the Clones, as just as far as the the pacing of that movie, I I find it every time that I sit down to watch it, I do have a hard time getting all the way through. Because it is it is long, but it just seems like there are parts of it that it just doesn't flow very naturally for me. But when I think about that movie, there are so many elements that I love. Like, um, like I mentioned earlier, the sleuthing with Obi-Wan on Cabino is some of my favorite Star Wars stuff, period. It's so great. Um, And then like, and then, you know, even though the execution of some of the lines is not great, I like the, the idea of the love story with Padme. And I like the, and I really like to see, the, you know, the real beginnings of Anakin's downturn, you know, and, and when he, with, with his mom and all that stuff, there's a lot of really good moments, really sad moments, um, really incredible music. I, there's a lot to like about it. Although I, like I said, I do rank it near the bottom for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I I would love to do a
4: show. I would love to do an episode with you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Let's, uh, let's definitely plan that out. Um, I, I think for me, attack of the clones is one of those movies that uh probably deserves um maybe another quick little rewrite. Uh maybe George and uh maybe uh the script writers to kind of polish it up a little bit, especially um you know, especially that romance stuff, but uh tweaking it out a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. And yes. maybe uh fine tuning all that uh um weird little uh yeah back and forth you know it Daniken. when you hear it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah it's like yeah something's uh, this Makes me feel like I'm in uh, high school again. Very in awkward. Awkward. People don't talk like this. <laughs> yeah. Just did not belong. But uh, yeah. speaking of not belonging, so uh, our main topic for Quick Cuts tonight, we're going to talk about uh, things that don't belong in Star Wars or, or as uh, I like to say, uh, you know, things that that just kind of throw you out of the game. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit about um, cameos and uh, we're going to, you know, we, okay. cameos, certain cameos kind of throw you out. But um, early in the year, we had a little bit of a controversy with, uh, with a star (laughs) Wars account that talked about um, bricks and screws. Um, And that was everybody's meme. Uh, Anyone who's uh, who's paying attention to star Wars at that time, uh, was talking about how bricks and screws don't belong. How it kind of throws me off. It's supposed to be, you know, science fantasy, and then you got the bricks over here, and you got the screws holding things together. And then you know, people started talking about zippers, and there's no zippers in Star Wars. Uh, one of the um, one of the uh, um, bikers, uh, one of the biker gangs, had uh, a nice little zipper on her jacket, uh, on her leather jacket, and uh, the Star Wars Twitter. Uh, got all bent out of shape. Um, but, um, it's, it's interesting because it, it kind of made me start thinking about other, I guess, terrestrial things that we take for granted in everyday life, um, that are in star Wars that maybe are not as ridiculous as bricks and screws and zippers, but something that, for me personally, uh, I did kind of think and like, wait a minute, yeah, that that is kind of weird to have that in Star Wars. But I want to get back. We'll uh, uh, we'll cover that. But I wanted to ask you what your opinion was on 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 that whole controversy earlier in the year uh, with brick screws and zippers.
4: Oh boy,
1: man! <laughs> here's <laughs> I gotta love it. Here's
4: here's my thing. I think that. Star Wars from the beginning has had, um, has always had elements of the real world in it, you know? And so like, to me, I mean, I, I know this isn't the same exact thing, but if you look at like even a picture of, if you look at the, the, uh, on, on, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blinking on the, uh, on the planet. Um, Oh my goodness. I am, I'm embarrassed that I'm blanking on this planet right now, but in uh the <laughs> the, Re- the rebel base planet <laughs> and uh, in, in a new hope, if you look at that, it is a, it's, it's a building almost pyramid like, but it's oh, got, yeah. there are there, you know, you can call them cement blocks or whatever. They're, they're large bricks. You know, there are buildings in star Wars that have always been held together by things. I guess I just never thought of a criticism that we could possibly be talking about in star Wars being, I cannot believe they used screws in this scene. I cannot believe there were bricks used. And to me, depending on the world that you're on, like you, like, I think that it really made sense. The, the, it was regarding Andor, the account that posted it was regarding andor right when they were when they were on uh when they were on uh cassian's planet home planet and it had you know part of that that part of that planets you know uh the whole vibe of that planet is community and as a community, they built and as a community, but it was, but it wasn't like a, it's not a very vibrant community. It's just really brick and mortar. It's really, sure. it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's lower level society and, and these people are treated as such. And as, but as an important part of their, uh, of their society, bricks kind of almost like bricks the way that the buildings are held together they use bricks and they use bricks on the pavement as you you know as their walking paths and they even use bricks as a symbol of honor as part of the community when one of them dies and and so to me the way that they wove it in thematically it worked really well i don't know why it's a big deal using bricks and screws in star wars anyway <laughs> i guess to me man when you criticize Star Wars, I guess from 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 my perspective, we all have a different line, right? And so I always want to be careful. To I always want to be careful that okay, bricks and screws is definitely not the line that I would get <laughs> mad at, right? That's not.
1: But, it's not the hill we're going to die on. <laughs> it's certainly
4: not the hill I'm going to die on. But I I I have a hard time understanding. But I'm going to try it, and I'm going to respect your opinion, um, you know, and all that. But. I, I just can't imagine dying on that hill in particular because it, because like I said, every planet is different and every society is different. And the way that they wove it into the narrative of that show really worked for me um, on a actually even like bricks are a part of the emotional core of that show. If you think about it, especially the end of it. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I don't know, to me, I thought it was a silly debate. I thought it was really funny Um but also annoying. So that's my opinion on that particular thing. But I mean, like you said, we do, we have different hills that we die on. And I actually do have a few things that kind of do bring me out of the world that maybe
1: okay won't bother
4: you maybe they won't bother the person who posted about bricks and screws but you know so well Well, first of those
1: yeah absolutely but first of all i can't believe that we have a show the uh talking about bricks and screws uh here on the scare of scuttlebutt podcast but hey (laughs) uh anything is possible like you said yeah so um yeah no i mean i i can take your meaning i i um you know, when I first heard the controversy about bricks and screws, I was like, uh, scratching my head. Um, I don't even think it was an actual, uh, well, like again, like, like you said, let's respect the opinion, but, um, I did not go back to the original poster to see if they had maybe an explanation or anything, because I think at the time, um, obviously the, the memes kind of took over and everyone was just making fun of the, the post. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you know, making memes and pictures uh, of bricks and screws (laughs) and how uh, certain things don't even belong in Star Wars. Um, But obviously, you know, there's, there's one thing that um, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's funny and you're right. Everybody's got a different Hill and a different line that they cross. Um, But yeah, for me personally, bricks and screws were very far from, (laughs) From the line that I would even think of. I was very surprised. And I
4: think also, dude, I also have a a level of like, I just kind of look at it. Yes. Am I immersed in the star Wars world when I'm watching these? Absolutely. But I also am aware that I'm watching a movie or a show. And I'm aware that they have to put this stuff together with something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know why, why not bricks
4: and screws? Why not bricks and <laughs> screws? Like I know that like a lot of people zoomed in on like Rey's new lightsaber, and it's got a screw on it. Like, oh my you know? god! Like, like I mean, okay. So she uses screws for her lightsaber. Okay, is that bad? <laughs> you know, there's that. That's the kind of thing I'm like. I just always realize that I'm I'm not watching actual. Like I'm watching fiction, you know? And so to me, bricks and screws are what we use to make movies happen a lot of the times. <laughs> so sure. yeah.
3: That's absolutely. just kind of how
4: I look at it. But like I said, I do have other things that that do kind of take me out of it a little bit. So I Yeah, get-
1: absolutely. Let's get into those other things. I wanted to uh um if if you would indulge me, um we um I, I went back once this whole bricks and screws controversy kind of let loose, I kind of went back and realized, Hmm, there's actually something in the, uh, in the empire strikes back that, that should have kind of taken me out of it, but for some reason didn't. And then there's Mm -hmm. another one and we'll get into it. There's another one in, uh, in your favorite star Wars. We, I know we have this uh, little debate back and forth on Twitter, uh, about, um, the last Jedi, (laughs) Um, but there's, there's something that Finn said in the last Jedi that totally took me out of it. And, um, and I wanted to get your take on it. And obviously I I think another big one really has been, um, when, uh, we, we got our first, uh, uh, kind of swear word in Andor when, uh, what's his name yelled out shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that's interesting but i want to get back to to my first one and uh you can tell me uh what you think of uh, uh, of that in empire strikes back when uh han got on his tauntaun and uh started to you know race off to save luke or find luke uh, you know, the bridge officer said your your Tauntaun will freeze before you hit the first marker. And he said, Well, I'll see, see you, in, you hell. in hell. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh yeah, that's an awesome line. But then I thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Does that mean that Star Wars has a heaven and a hell? And and that is rooted in in, you know, terrestrial uh, you know, religion. <laughs> and that right. opened up that opened up a whole new can of worms for me. Um wh- what do you think of that?
4: This one's weird for me. This one's hard for me, man, because I actually like I've noticed this since I was a kid. Like I've actually I I did actually notice this early on and I was like, so they believe in heaven and hell, I guess, in Star Wars. But because Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford, oh, it was absolutely. just a badass line. And so yeah, I just absolutely yeah. I just it works so well in that scene. Oh, and and by the way, I do want to clear something up. It's not my favorite movie. <laughs> It is my third favorite movie. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's my number two. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, just so we don't lose all of your listeners. All of my um,
1: listeners. Good, good. <laughs> there we go. And, um, and and no, I didn't pay him to say that Empire Strikes Back was his favorite <laughs> movie. It's it's just it's common knowledge. It should be everybody's favorite movie. Yes,
4: I agree. And it, it's, it'd be hard for anything to pass it at this point. But I do love The Last Jedi, and there they go again. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, back to, so back to it though. I I really when at the end of the day, I think that I'm good with it if it's a certain if it's said if it's a it's said a certain way, I guess. And if it's Harrison Ford saying it, I'm good with it. But there is there is a weird line like when when other people cuss. Um, I don't know, man. And Andor that one didn't bother me at all. But if I think about it, like if someone said the f word in Star Wars, that would feel really weird to me but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really like, I don't know why possibly because it's always been more of a family thing, but, um, yeah, absolutely. but, but I don't know. That one feels out of place to me, but I really like when they do in universe, you know, cussing like dank Ferrick or like, you know, that, like that kind of thing instead. But um I know like there's some stuff where in the sequels, Poe cusses while he's, you know, driving his, Well, he's flying his X-wing and he does, you know, it's just standard cuss words like damn and hell and all that stuff. Doesn't bother me too much, but there are certain ones that would take me out and Um, I don't think I don't think in Empire Strikes Back case, that one does not really take me out too much. Although, like I said, I did notice as a kid,
1: (laughs) you know, it's funny, though, because uh, I was trying to explain why it wouldn't bother me. And the only reason that I really could think of is the same reason that you thought of is because Harrison Harrison Ford Ford is such a presence. The way he delivered that line is so convincing that you you take it for what it is. That is that is gospel and damn it he said uh, i'll see you in hell and that's it yep but but it's interesting though because you know again when you when you think about it it's like mm, wait a minute heaven and hell and star wars interesting right yeah um you know and you mentioned the f word in in star wars and you know they started doing that in star trek which really threw me for a loop mm. because you're right you know you watch these shows with families and kids and you know moms and dads bring their little ones into the mix to uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, start the the uh, evangelizing of science fiction and fantasy through, you know, these shows. Um, So it's interesting that they chose to uh, to go that route. And I know, you know, for a lot of us who have followed both uh, star franchises for a very long time, you know, we're older, we're adults. We uh, we swear from time to time. Um, what? Yeah. But you know, (gasps) but it still feels a little weird.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I do too. And I don't, uh, but there's, there is something unexplainable about it. Right. It's like, I don't mind if if I'm watching a movie and they say that. And, and even if it's, I don't know, even if it's in a, a different universe, sometimes I guess it just depends on the universe that it's set in there. You know, there's always been something, um, with Star Wars, that's kind of innocent, you know. It's a, it's a hopeful. Um, it, I mean, hope is at the very core of Star Wars. That's one of the reasons I love it. And, and not that like saying the f word like totally throws off hope, but. It does take away there there, I guess there is a little bit of, of an innocence there. And, and I don't know, when if you start saying that a lot, it just kind of opens the flood doors to all sorts of other words to me. And I don't I don't love that. Yeah. And and I think there is a, a line, once you start saying them more and more, it will stop feeling like Star Wars. And so I like what The Mandalorian has done, where they're literally make making up stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I guess I used Dank Farrick as an example earlier. I love I love of that, um, you know, uh, or like uh, they, they might have done this in Star Wars. I can't remember. But even in Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear says blast. This will take weeks to repair. You know, yeah, like sure. uh, when they use a line like that, that that it feels like they would use that in that universe. I just think if you're going to do that, honestly, I just think that's a better option overall. Um, but then, if you have Harrison Ford, let him say i'll see you in hell it's pretty awesome, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely
1: so uh getting back to uh the last jedi there's another line in that movie that uh threw me out because oh I know uh, which
4: one it is you don't even have to tell me
1: yeah uh I think when they go to Cantobite and uh oh, Finn, okay, never mind <laughs> Finn, okay, Finn parks his vehicle on the on the beach, his ship on the beach <laughs> and uh the the cops give him a ticket, a parking ticket. And he actually says the word cops and um, totally threw me off because uh, I was looking at the history of the word cop and, uh, you know, it's uh, short for uh, to capture or arrest. And then I guess the UK in the uh, in 1859 uh, adopted that word as, uh, you know, policeman, uh, mm. an earlier version of copper get over here. Yeah. Coppers. Um, <laughs> See and, here. <laughs> and so it's, so again, it's, it's very terrestrial um, to be able to include the, the word cop in, in a mm. star Wars and totally threw me out.
4: Very interesting. That one is not one that I remotely get pulled out for. Um, Mm. maybe next time I watch it, I will because of this conversation, (laughs) but, but I, I actually have never even batted an eye at the word cop there never once.
1: Um,
4: so that, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting one that I never thought about that with the last Jedi. I thought you were going to say the, um, when he says, uh, you know, about his mother. At the beginning when he talks about, you know, like almost like your mom joke oh, the at joke? the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was what you were gonna say. Um, and so no, but they,
1: they I mean they've got mothers in Star Wars. What do you talking exactly, about?
4: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. A lot but a lot of
1: people complain about that line. Um, not me. <laughs> that's too funny. Truth be told, I, I don't remember a lot about that movie, just because <laughs> be but honest, that's another, But that's have you another only story. seen it
4: once? Have you only seen it once?
1: <laughs> you know, you know, I saw it twice. Okay. Um, okay. the second time just to make sure. Just to make sure you really just, hated it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I, I don't need to see it anymore. But um, yeah, just just twice. Third so, time's which is, a charm, man. Which, which is funny because, you know, The Force Awakens, I saw that like seven or eight times. Went back uh, several times. I really enjoyed it. Um, went back with, you know, different groups of friends because, you know, I watched it obviously with a, a central group of friends. Um, during the opening, and then you know, following a couple of uh, days later, another group of friends wanted to go, and I'm like, I'll go with you. So that happened about seven times. Um, oh, yes. Really, really enjoyed that. Good days, great, great movie experience. Um, yeah, I love I love Force Awakens, dude. I love it. So what what were the other uh, things? Uh, any other things that you uh, wanted to point out? Things that don't belong in Star Wars?
4: Okay, yeah. So for me, um, minor. I think I had I had certain words in in you know terrestrial cursing so that we covered that already. Um okay so for me one of the weird one of one weird one and this really is mostly an animation although there is a character in live action that's that has it too um just recently and I think that there are certain modern haircuts that kind of take me out of it.
1: Oh, interesting.
4: So like, um, I know in the bad batch, there are several clones and then there's like Dr. Hemlock. I don't know, Have you, have you watched the bad batch this season?
1: Yes. And I, you know, I, okay. I, gotta tell you, I have enjoyed this season of bad batch, uh, a lot more than this season of the Mandalorian.
4: Okay. Yeah. And as much as I've, I have, I am on the pro side of Mando this year. I really have enjoyed it a ton I got to agree man, The Bad Batch was next level this year. Yeah, I this season was not was expecting so that good. to
1: be so good, well oh, written, great stories.
4: I lo- I lo- absolutely loved it so much. We could we could talk for we could talk we could do a whole episode on Bad Batch sometime. But um but yeah, th- there are certain like modern haircuts that I know uh, specifically Dr. Hemlock coming in on the back half of that season, he ca- he came in kind of and has more of a almost a fade cut and and
1: i know they're hipsters and, over there
4: yeah and and i don't know i know back in the 70s you know those haircuts that they had were modern at that time and so <laughs> i understand i understand that um but there's something about i just think i just think there are some haircuts that are just a little more timeless and i think the fade is gonna you know is gonna be more of a fad and so from for me Uh, that kind of takes me out of it. And then another one is Cobb Vanth. He also has a bit of that more modern um you know almost hipster like haircut and he it's, it's a similar thing and it's in live action you know and so yeah that one's a kind of a weird one for me uh, i didn't think that would take me out of the world but every time it just does just a little bit it doesn't i don't hate it. it doesn't bother me that much i i kind of do with with this list that i have it's not very long because i'm pretty open with my star wars i mean at I like the last Jedi. So I kind of have to be right. <laughs> so like, I really love when star Wars kind of, my brother said it great. He said, I love when star Wars waves, it's freak flag high. And yeah. like, so like when, you know, Gorian shard is on the screen, I'm just so happy, even though that's like a, he looks like a salad. I love him. And, um, and so there's very little in star Wars that shows up on screen. And I'm like, I hate that, but, yeah. There are certain things like this. And then um, uh, really quick with Cobb Vanth, one other thing that kind of takes me out a little bit. I actually really like the character Cobb Vanth, but he has the haircut and something about his Southern, the Southern accent also in Star Wars. Yeah. Kind of does take me out a little bit, although I do think they'd use it fairly well uh, because usually it's on a, I guess what you would consider um, I don't know, Western. Yeah, <laughs> the Western absolutely. more Western type planets. So like Tatooine yeah. or and stuff like that. So it kind of I get it, and I like when Mando leans into the Western vibe a lot. And so it doesn't bother me much, but certain times a southern accent and they'll say things like I'm blanking on a specific line, but they'll say stuff that is really like they're not just using a southern accent and saying Star Wars lines. They're mm-hmm. using southern lingo. And it kind of takes me out a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you should mention accents because, um, you know, growing up, uh, you watched the original trilogy and all the bad guys were British. And Yes, um, yes. Uh, you know, you wonder as a kid. You wonder why. As an adult, you realize that the actors were shot at uh, in in the UK at Elstree Studio, and all they had were British guys. So <laughs> it, it was kind of built in. But yes. you know, going back to uh, the Force Awakens, when they had uh, one of the characters, when they were ch- you know chasing uh, Han after they boarded the that cargo ship. Uh, the uh the Kens- Kenshi Club guys. Oh, the Conjia Club. Yeah. So there was that one character that was very. His accent was very Scottish. Scottish. The Conjia uh, Club. Yeah. Yes. That's that, not a good
4: Scottish accent. But yeah.
1: that totally uh threw me out because you know again he sounded very very Scottish. Yes. Um, and it's obviously it's different than you know having uh you know chief engineer of a starship uh on the Star Trek side. Because obviously that's uh, Earth based, and you know, right? Yeah, totally. Know. But yeah, having this uh, this guy talk to Han in in a very uh, apparent Scottish accent totally threw me out. So it's it's interesting, you know. You mentioned at the beginning of the show that um, you know everybody's got a certain line, um, and I I'd never realized that accents was one of my lines. <laughs>
4: Yeah. And, and maybe not even every accent, just like a certain one doesn't work with you. Like the Scottish one never bothered me that much for, I don't know why, but maybe it's because I live in the South. And so the South is part of my everyday life. I hear people talk like that all the time, you know? And so maybe that's why maybe I live in the South. So that specific accent bothers me more in star Wars, like shouldn't be there, but
1: right. Cause um, you want to, you want to escape from every day.
4: That's why I go to star Wars. I do not go for realism. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Uh, but yeah, so I think honestly, man, I think my last one, I, like I said, my list is not long here because I'm very, uh, liberal with what I love with what star Wars can be. Um, be weird, be go crazy. But, um, this one is probably the biggest one and, and it doesn't feel like it should be big, but it, you can, my brother and I went, when we, we started the, the podcast kind of looked different, uh, you know, right before we stopped, we stopped recording. But my brother and I were the ones that actually started the the podcast, and we would talk about this. And he never understood why it took me out of it, but it did. We're going back to Attack of the Clones when they're in, um, when they're in that uh, the the club, and it's not the club, it's not the Death Sticks, you know, cigarettes, it's not any of that. None of that bothers me. It's when you look behind the bar and there's like what I call space football on the screen.
1: Oh, with the, there were, weren't there droids playing? It's that? like,
4: it's like droids playing indoor, like, like the XFL, <laughs> like, right. like, but it's, <laughs> but it's droids. I, I'm like, I get it. I get what you're doing. And yeah. I, and I, I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate that. I don't know why it, it is such a weird thing, oh, but man. I guess that's one of those things, man. Again, I watch football a lot. So like whenever, sure. whenever football is, uh, whenever f- basically space football, you know, droid football is on the screen in star Wars. It's a little too close to home for me, but whenever they play Sabak, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. Even though that's basically, I know it's, they haven't really defined the rules unless I'm aware, unless I'm uh, unaware of something, but it's, I know that's basically space poker, right? Right. (laughs) Um, That's star Wars poker. That doesn't bother me because I never play poker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so I think it really is something to do with the escapism and honestly, just talking about it. I'm processing that right now. I'm just kind of coming to the realization. I think a lot of where your line is depends on, what your reality is, you know, yeah. and what, where you live, what you do in your everyday life, what you want to get away from. Um, not that I want to get away from football, but it's part of my life in real life. And so when I go to Star Wars, I don't want to see that make up something cooler, George, you, yeah. like, he, like he didn't That's make up point. enough cool stuff already, but, right. um, but man, you know, maybe, maybe to George football, he couldn't, he probably, I could see George not giving Two cents about football. You know, I I could see him not caring whatsoever about football. So to him, it was foreign. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, that so I think I'm just kind of processing all that right now. And uh so yeah, the the the, the droid football.
1: <laughs> absolutely. That's so funny, man. Star Wars uh, fans are fickle. Haircuts, accents, swear words, and zippers. <laughs> Don't belong. That's the title oh, of this episode. Man, right? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> too funny but yeah absolutely different uh different takes different lines and different hills to die on
4: yep yep absolutely man that's what makes star wars so great right we all have different entry points as children or as adults whenever you came into star wars some people and as as much as some people hate to think about this maybe even you i don't know but uh <laughs> people are going to view the sequel trilogy like like you view the original trilogy because it's their entry point <laughs> and they love it that much, you know, and you can sit there and look at it and be like, there's no way, but that person will, the prequel fans that grew up as like, I, I, I was a kid as a prequel. Or I was a kid when the prequels came out, um, kids grew up on the prequel trilogy and those fans now have a voice online and their voices are being heard much louder, and it's very clear the prequels are much more acceptable now because a lot of people have grown up on them, right? Yeah. And so it's just kind of we all have different entry points, and because we all have different entry points, and and uh, we're all coming at life from a different angle, we're all going to have different hills to die on. You know, it's kind of beautiful.
1: Oh man, it's, uh, it's so interesting. I think, uh, you know, the, the lines are all over the place and, uh, (laughs) that definitely makes uh, for interesting conversation with, uh, Star Wars fans of all flavors. And, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Michael, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of quick cuts, this segment here tonight, uh, where tell people where people can find you.
4: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Um, right now, honestly, I'm active I'm very active on on Twitter. you can follow me on Twitter at poV crew um, uh, so one more time ACPOV crew um, and that's a certain point of view and um, we'd love to have you we're just we're honestly, I'm on there all the time, and I just love to talk to people about Star Wars, whether you agree with me or not, as long as we're respectful and can respect where each other's coming from, kind of like what we were talking about. And so, yeah, come follow me. Um, I'm very active on there, and I hope to see you there.
1: absolutely uh i coined a hashtag uh, many moons ago hashtag uh, enjoy star wars responsibly and uh hopefully Amen. you uh are doing that as well but thank you so much michael for joining me on uh this quick cuts it was uh such a fun conversation and uh, we'll have more quick cuts right after this let's see what uh let's see what our sponsors say do we have sponsors no but we have some special messages for you let's check it out we'll be back okay patrons time to give a shout out to those wonderful people that help keep the living waters of mandalore running around here at the scare scuttlebutt podcast i extend to you a very heartfelt thank you to all my patrons all right how about some shout outs Big thank you to Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. And big thanks to Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Some appreciation goes to the guys over at Rebel Rock Radio, DJ and Steve. rocking with another Red 5 pod. And go check out comics and cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on uh, comics and cosmetics. Cool talk for nerdlings of all denominations. Go give her a sub. Who else we got? Hey, it's Frank from Miami. What's up, Frank? Thank you. Joey Rosales, longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for that, kind sir. Oh, and a wonderful thank you to Belinda. Oh, my friend, I'm so glad you're on this list. And our resident classic Hollywood expert, a fan favorite collaborator, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. A huge respect to all our Patreon supporters. You remind me each week why it's fun to do this and to infuse the quality discussions you deserve. And if you want to Help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show. Head on over to patreon.com slash Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Okay, Scuttlebutt Nation, we are on our third topic, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Quick Cuts. Uh, We had uh, quite a few uh, wonderful discussions. Uh, Thank you, Tina, for the first topic. Uh, What did we call that? Touching grass. Um, You'll have to, (laughs) Charles and Tom are like, what? Uh, You guys will have to listen to that. Um, then, uh, we had, uh, Mike, uh, talking about, uh, things that don't belong in star Wars. We talked about haircuts, accents, swear words, and zippers. Um, so, uh, wonderful little tongue in cheek action there, but, um, nice discussion. Uh, you guys will have to do a little rewind there, but, um, excellent. So I got Charles and I got Tom. We're going to talk a little bit about dungeons and dragons. And here's the thing. I know the movie is out. You guys can talk about it if you want. I, I'm not. I, I really wasn't um, uh, aiming to talk about the movie per se. I, I'm more interested in the uh, the game. Um, and obviously, you know, we we uh, we roll our dice on uh, the, um, the the Red Five Tavern, mm-hmm. and um, on Fridays, which is really cool. But I wanted to talk to you guys about you know the actual game and and the experiences that you had and and what it what it is um a lot of people uh you know I, I guess when i was growing up like dungeons and dragons was like super geeky and um you know when when you just told somebody that you played dungeons and dragons um you know you, you got uh, scolded and and belittled uh <laughs> stuff like that i don't know if that's changed i, I don't think it has um I, th- I mean, I think it has because uh, everyone wants to be a nerd. Everybody loves uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Obviously, we've got uh, a major motion picture nowadays. Uh, but I'm gonna uh, pass it over to Charles first to see. Uh, and I know you've been a dungeon master in the uh, in the Red Five Tavern uh, a couple times. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, one at a time. Let's uh, let's go through and see what is Dungeons and Dragons. If you can kind of explain it to to folks that maybe. Uh, either were the bullies on that end, or just really don't uh, <laughs> don't understand what that is. Um,
3: well, I'm old, so we'll start with that. <laughs> so um, I remember Dungeons and Dragons, and not even advanced Dungeons and Dragons, what we played these days. Um, it was all it's like theater of the mind, really. And you, uh, you know, I probably started playing in the early '80s and had some crappy first generation manuals crappy by comparison to the art but it was fantastic back then and you just had people who were able to be creative uh with you know creating images in their mind and we had characters we had dice we had pieces of paper and that was it we didn't have any electronics we may if you know we were lucky we would have like pewter miniatures but we never when i used to play we wouldn't necessarily do maps we would maybe do a couple of uh, dungeons maybe a couple things like that but most of it was just literally six people sitting around in a circle or wherever in a room and just going through adventures and then rolling dice and and doing that kind of thing and yeah you're right like i distinctly remember my brother when i used to have my friends over at our house he'd he'd walk in and first of all he's just a brother hole really so he'd walk in and his face would get all screwy it's like what what are you guys doing (laughs) <laughs> we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, what a stupid? What is that? And then, well, we're characters and, and where? I don't see anything. TV's not on. And that was the concept was that because it wasn't tangible necessarily, uh, right. the idea was, was that it wasn't cool. But it was, yeah, the, the nerd factor was massive. Okay, you like Star Wars. Okay, it's a pretty cool movie. You play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, my God, get away from me, you nerd. So it definitely had a cachet of uh, you're going over the top with your geekdom.
1: Yeah, cachet is that French? What what is that? It's French, <laughs> actually. <laughs>
3: like most of the names of my characters, I create apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh actually you uh there's a term that I've heard before too, the theater of the mind, and I think that pretty pretty much describes you know in a nutshell what what Dungeons and Dragons is, and more so how you play it. Um, you obviously you roll the dice, and the dice is really the um. I guess the, uh, the linchpin as far as uh, the deciding factor of your actions, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's not your usual Las Vegas dice, right? Um, Tom, talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the types of die that Dungeons and Dragon players use. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I go to, I go over to the comic book store, you know, from time to time and I see some wonderful collection of dice, Um, all sorts of uh, sizes and uh, so many sides. Uh, What's all that about?
0: uh well that's that's a very uh broad question to to uh, I, I i get the the main the the main one we have is the 20 sided dice that is like your uh main one that we use um and that's that'll give you your deciding factors on um what's gonna happen usually we have uh um we have uh uh like say say something is is going on where a character is is in a life and death situation where uh, you know he he's fighting an orc and he's going to throw an axe and if if he hits a, a a 20 you know something amazing might happen where if you roll a 1 you you're going to absolutely just die and and it's 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 one of those things where um, if it all comes down to if you if how you roll the dice and and it c- it can completely change the story um but you also have you know like your smaller dice like a four sided dice or or a um uh uh a, a hundred sided dice and and hundred a lot sides of, oh yeah 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 um wow. but the the hundred side is more for like percentiles for Uh, If you have uh, like a sorcerer and they have uh, wild magic and uh, anything can happen where you you roll a hundred sided dice and you get a 20% um, and, you know, uh, grass can come out of the ground for no reason whatsoever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's um, I mean, that's pretty interesting because you really, you know, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons on any uh, on any level because of the randomness of the, um, of the gameplay, there really isn't uh, t- you, you always have uh, different outcomes. You have the, the results can, can be very different. And obviously depending mm-hmm. on how many people are, are playing with you uh, mm-hmm. in a, in a campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And like Tom, he's also like basically we split the dungeon master uh, duties with uh, red five Tavern. And uh, you know, we, sketch out ideas for adventures for a week and we plan certain encounters and we got to go from here to here something's going to happen in the middle we get there (laughs) we fight something there story's over but just Mm -hmm. the dynamic of the game like you said ro with the amount of people that are playing the experience level is certainly you know a big part of it we have veterans and noobs uh, playing with us which is fantastic we get to teach people the game the mechanics and like you said the dice are. You know there's five six seven of them and uh in fact the dice i'm holding right here bro are from uh, none other than the alley cat comics if you're in uh, oh, chicago nice. visit alley cat comics um and so different weapons you do different damage so some of those dice come into play uh and uh scenarios change uh it's legendary how i get tripped up as a dm with uh, <laughs> some of the some of the play but that's and that's Tom is a perfect example of that where <laughs> when you get into a character, the character that you're playing, and you delve into the mythos of that character and their their race and even their class, that also it changes the game, but it it makes it so much more rich. And that's what's that's what I love about Star uh, about playing Dungeon Dragons is that it can change on the on the one roll of the dice or one action of a character, and it makes it something completely different.
1: Interesting, interesting. So, what's the difference between a game like Dungeons and Dragons and say something like Magic: The Gathering? Who wants to take that one.
0: Ooh, um, Magic: The Gathering, I've played for quite a few years, and it's it's a great game. Um, you have a lot of cool characters, and you you, you have spells and things like that. And it, and it's you know it it's it has its own thing, but when it comes to D and D you know, you really become your character, and you can really explore like, um, you know, how did my character become who he is, and they evolve into something new where, you know, d- with with uh, magic, you just kind of have a character that's pre written and they have a preset of like, this is what they do. And it's kind of it's kind of like the difference between reading a good book. That's great and then writing the book yourself, where you you become the character.
1: Ooh, oh, interesting. Dang. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And, you know, I, um, I remember playing Dungeons and & Dragons, and I actually played another uh, role-playing game similar to Dungeons & Dragons, but it was set in the Marvel um, Comics uh, mm-hmm. world back in the yep. 80s, uh, late 80s. Um, so I do remember doing that. Um, you know, I, I think one of the first times I remember playing, actually playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, it was, um, it was really great. I think, uh, I mean, you said it earlier, uh, theater of the mind. Um, there's, uh, all sorts of scenarios they can, you know, get in trouble with, uh, go through different adventures. And I think, um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, what what else is it about Dungeons and Dragons? And lately I think uh, you know obviously we have the I mentioned the motion picture, uh, the movie, but um, has Dungeons and Dragons um, taken off? Has it uh, received some new uh, uh, like a renaissance of of maybe new new players? Um, finding it, I know Charles. You mentioned you're old, so it, it was <laughs> it, it was very popular when you were a youngster. <laughs> yeah, but now that you're old, it seems like it's getting uh, more popularity too.
3: Sorry, I just woke up. Did you have a question in there somewhere?
0: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I would say for sure that the uh, in the past, I mean, the game itself has been you know iterating through you know through the decades. It never really left. It was always there, and people playing it, uh, but. Uh again, Red Five Tavern and Tom, these all these p- players have introduced me to D D Beyond, which is like an online source now, right? So they have everything there. You can use it for free, which is fantastic. Uh, and sort of get your assets and make characters. You got limitations and stuff like that, but uh there's an app on there, and, and in the app you can you don't need to have dice, you can literally roll the dice mm. in the app and you know the players who are following along online or in the app can see that as well. So those resources have skyrocketed the ease of sharing. And then you look what we're doing right now, this live streaming it then you don't it doesn't matter where you are, you don't have to have that local shop to be able to play. You can play across the country or across the world. And that's that's huge. That's really big, because it, I, I remember even maybe short as six years ago, um, I you know it was a local uh, comic shop that I went to and they said, oh, yeah, we we play once a week and uh, we're playing uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rules. And and so it's like I was thinking like, wow, that could I actually go and do that. But then it becomes a commitment to go and do it and everything. But now I do it with Red 5 Tavern, like, you know, Friday nights at, at nine o'clock. We're live and, and gaming. This is exactly the way it used to be me sitting around with my friends just going through a creative adventure having fun having laughs and uh having a great time and that's now it's virtual which is really cool yeah
0: Yeah. i I think that uh um we've definitely enjoyed a um a lot of new players coming in thanks to uh stranger things and and the popularity of that show
3: right Mm, true yeah
1: yeah. It does seem like, uh, you, you know, since stranger things a couple of years ago, it, it does seem like there has been a resurgence of a lot of stuff from the eighties dungeons and dragons, mm-hmm. obviously one of them. Um, yeah. but you know, you had, uh, you know, characters that, uh, you know, liked the stuff. And I think that's one of the things that, that made stranger things, um, a hit, uh, especially with the, uh, the older crowd or the crowd that was that age at that time that that show is set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 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 pretty cool. I I think um, you know Dungeons and Dragons obviously is is uh, um, kind of an IP that has been like I said has uh, suffered. Um, I guess not really suffered, but you know people that played Dungeons and Dragons for the most part back in the day were were um, misunderstood as as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think a lot of parents. Uh, I believe the, uh, the idiom was that uh, we were devil worshippers or or yes. demon worshippers, and yes. it had a it had a very bad connotation.
3: Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, we, yeah, we were nowhere near that cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a difference between you know that. Uh, so the Dungeons and Dragons that um, categorized as an RPG, correct? role-playing game Mm role-playing game yeah for the most part yep
3: yep Yep.
1: and
0: they Uh, were i believe the the nerdy is uh uh ttrpg uh tabletop rpg Um, oh there you go
1: what if you play it on a blanket on the floor in the basement
3: (laughs) 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 bbf but yeah the uh when it first launched way back in the day the tsr then um and then Wizards of the Coast took it over, and their division of Hasbro now. So they have, you know, that's how it really did transform from uh, this sort of grassroots uh, early seventies game. And I think I remember reading that the the original Monster Manual, um, the, the sketches of the monsters, which are iconic now were by these like freelance teenagers and they were just submitting drawings and like, "Okay, here's six bucks for like uh, an owlbear. Thank you. You feel like drawing a ghoul? Okay, send it to me next week. And it was this this very grassroots movement and launched it. And it was uh, sort of not marginalized. But like Tom said, you know, the uh, it's transformed from necessarily like devil worshippers in the early 80s. I think there's even that one movie with Tom Hanks ladders and snakes sure i can't remember what it was but like oh they're crazy they're going nuts. So <laughs> with this dungeon dragons and the the uh bad influences and stuff has now transformed it into like a huge franchise like you say you know there's a movie now and we got this online resource and there's plenty of uh things to buy and support to, to make it even more interesting so it's a it's definitely big business now for sure
1: yeah, and obviously uh, having a movie out, uh, you know, kind of helps the franchise and helps uh, folks that are into uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, not the first movie, if I can remember well.
4: Not at all. Hopefully, you won't remember.
1: Yeah, hopefully you won't remember that first one. Exactly. That's too funny.
0: Well, they've yeah. definitely butchered quite a few genres with with the movies.
1: Yep.
3: Yeah. yeah, Pat doesn't play. Pat, by the way, Tom is my co-host for our. Our uh, podcast and Pat w- refuses to play Dungeons and Dragons, thinks that's, e- that's even low for him on the nerd uh, ladder. Um, wow.
1: Yeah, he's got, and... he's got standards, <laughs>
0: but, he's got a ladder but he, though. <laughs> but he goes on to a podcast to nerd about Star Wars <laughs> yes. regularly. But the
3: irony is, he's seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and I haven't. Oh, Go, wow. figure.
1: <laughs> Go figure. No, that's hilarious. Yeah. Cool, cool beans. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, any final thoughts on uh, the game or anything special that you guys want the audience to kind of learn about or explore when it comes to D&D?
0: Yeah, I, I would say that a lot of people are hesitant to try just because they they feel like there's a lot of investment and a lot of uh, money that they have to put into this game. And you know, at this point, with what Charles was saying with D D Beyond, um, it's you know you could play with your friends no matter where they are um, for free. You know that you can roll all the dice on the the uh, the app, and you can just get going and start writing stories. And uh, it, it's it's a great way to escape all the the horrors that are going on in the world these days, and and you know just to have your own your own little world that you can create and play in very true
1: very true
3: and i'd say for people who've never played before uh find a show honestly like uh, a show like red five tavern or um uh, roll was it Roll roll 20 and die or is it like a die 20 or there's a whole bunch of youtube shows mm-hmm. that um you know go live and and put out shows weekly and they, you can see the mechanics, how it's played, and you know you have the character, and you're rolling the dice just to get a sense of how the structure works, and then it, then it just becomes imagination. The mechanics themselves aren't that hard to learn. It's the allowing yourself the freedom to just sort of jump into this world, play your character, and uh, and have fun with it.
1: Excellent. Cool beans. Uh, absolutely. Try it out. Uh, check out the Red 5 Tavern and uh, and uh, immerse yourself in the theater of the mind. Tom Charles, thank you so much for joining me on this segment of Quick Cuts here on the scare of scuttlebutt podcast. If you guys are just finding this show and this episode, you would like more quick cuts, just search quick cuts in your favorite app. And you'll see some of the other quick cut topics that we have, but uh, thank you until next time. This is row uh, signing off Charles. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you very much. And may the force be with you because obviously we are a star Wars podcast, but what do they What do they say in the dungeon and dragons world?
3: There's no honor among thieves.
0: (laughs) All right. Excellent. Yeah, that's the one.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen.